please welcome to the show the lead actor of Speak Your Mind, which was the winner of the best feature at last year's Toronto Independent Film Festival, Steve Kazak. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, Kareem. Appreciate no it. No worries, no worries. Listen, congratulations, first of all, on uh, on the film. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. So it, it's I know it's played a number of different festivals. Um, you guys won uh, Best Feature last year at the uh, Toronto Independent Film Festival. How has the reception been to the movie? Uh Fairly positive, I would argue, uh, despite uh, a couple of scathing reviews from trolls on IMDb. But uh, I mean, that's, what are you going to do about that? Um, yeah, I mean, most people seem to seem to like it. I think, unless they're just being nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, at least you have an IMDb profile now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I guess that qualifies us. We're fully legit. You're, in, yeah, you are legit now. We're in the club. We're in the league now. When when podcasts uh, get there, then uh, I can show my mom that uh, that I'm not wasting my time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but how I, I know that rec- it's uh, it recently also uh, started streaming on iTunes and right. uh, Amazon Prime um, in the United States for now, but uh, it'll be coming to Canada sometime in the fall. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. How how has you know we've all been quarantining in in some way, shape, or form since uh, since mid March. Mm-hmm. Um, how has it been? You know, getting something, putting something out into the world um, when maybe you can't be everywhere or or you know do everything to to help promote it. That must have been a very interesting experience for you and the filmmakers. Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> Um, it would have been, I guess, ideal to, I don't really know though. Cause I mean, it's, it's going online, right? So basically yeah. everybody being locked inside with nothing to do, but check out independent content and Canadian content. Um, and you know, new, uh, yeah. Independent stuff is, mm-hmm. is worked out in our favor a little bit, I guess, oddly. Um, cause yeah, it's not like we were, you know, big enough to do any crazy theater runs or, or anything like that. So um, yeah, the lockdown sort of serves to, to benefit us in that, in that regard. Yeah. People are slowing down, checking out uh, different options. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how have you been, by the way, with, with COVID-19? Uh, uh, how have you been uh, dealing with it? Uh, it's, it's had its ups and downs for sure. I mean, um, it's sort of, um, I suppose the, the downsides can be somewhat insidious of, you know, myself being a relative introvert and liking my alone time and thinking, oh, this is great. I can just stay at home and not have to talk to anybody. And this is my, you know, my dream since I'm a kid, I get to just stay home and watch movies and play video games and chill. But, uh, I mean, you sort of need you need that human contact once in a while. You don't realize how much you do need it until, you know, the only time I'm seeing or talking to my, my friends and even a lot of my family members is through this type of interface, you know, yeah. on a 
call or on a on a zoom chat or whatever so um you know it's 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 just a i mean like like everything it's a day-by-day thing so if i'm if i'm waking up and doing what i need to do to keep my uh my mental health in check and and uh keeping my my physical health for that matter in check as well it's it's usually good but yeah it can sort of sneak up on you you get a couple of days in a row of sleeping in or uh you know feeling lonely or feeling sorry for yourself but um, yeah but overall i mean it's been great to you know get some get some projects going that uh and just in different sort of avenues of of creative work going that you wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity to working uh you know, as straight a job as you can call driving Uber, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, off of living off the serve money and being able to focus on other things has been uh, certainly interesting to say the least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What what have you been doing? You talk about uh, focusing on other things. What have you been doing so, this uh, this summer and spring? Yeah, I mean, um, my wife and I were actually lucky enough to get out to Alberta to her. Uh, her family has uh, a piece of land out there, sort of out in the middle of nowhere. So that was a nice reprieve from uh, the busyness of Toronto. And mm-hmm. you know, we live in a fairly quiet neighborhood, but still you're, you're crossing the street every five seconds to, you know, make sure you're um, respecting, respecting social distancing and everything. So yeah. being out there was really great and getting into, uh, yeah, kind of a different way of life than anything I'd been used to. We'd never been out there for as long as we were out there, which was about six weeks. So it was like some farmhand work and, you know, flexing the outdoorsy kind of muscle, which was a lot of, uh, a lot of fun and definitely a nice break. And, um, beyond that, I mean, um, obviously pushing, uh, the release of, of speak your mind and, uh, um, working on, uh, the release and post-production on a, on a short film that myself and some colleagues are working on with our production company, All Right Alice. Is that Link? That is Link. Yeah, I want to talk to you about it a little bit later, but that's, that's homework, great. Yeah. But, that's uh, great. Uh, and then, yeah, dabbling in, you know, some writing and some journaling and um, and getting uh, trying to get a voiceover career going as well has been a very recent sort of, I don't know, avenue that's that's opened itself to me and you know it feels good so far so i'm going to keep pursuing that as well interesting you you're i i think from what i remember probably the second person in uh in recent memory in the acting business that says they're an introvert Mm. um one would have guessed that you know people that put themselves up on screen or on stage whether you know small screen or big screen um are most comfortable, you know, just hanging up by themselves, maybe reading a book or watching a TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, I guess, sort of the the stereotype, uh, at least in the past, for sure. Of you know, everybody look at me. I want to be yeah. up on stage in the center of attention and the the, sure. the life of the party. And I mean, there is certainly that side of me that uh, that performative sort of side that can. Um, you know, bring that version of me out of my shell, but I, I wouldn't say it's my my default state. Um, it's sort of, I guess, the the performative and I mean, um, creative, particularly acting career is sort of the 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 means by which I'm able to get that out of my system, as it were, because it's 
I mean, it's, it feels more, um, certainly more controlled and directed than having to just sort of freestyle being comfortable in public when, you know, somebody else writes the words I have to say down sure. and I can <laughs> do it that way. It's a lot easier. It'd be, it'd be really nice if I had a, a person as smart as Cyrus, uh, our director and writer to, to script my, my real life. Cause it would, yeah, it would make things a lot easier. <laughs> How did, how did you meet um how did you meet the director apparently you're 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 good friends with him now yeah um how did you guys meet so he uh he did a short film called blue collar buddha a few years ago and um and yeah it was just a, a random uh cast and call i found on the internet for this role in uh in this short and completely by chance uh applied and he you know called me in and went into uh, a basement somewhere down on Mercer street that he had rented and, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, did my, did my thing. And he liked the, I guess the audition that I did enough to, to cast me in, in the, uh, in the short we did. And, um, and yeah, I mean, just in, in meeting with him for that and talking about the character, I mean, he's a very involved uh, writer, director and filmmaker, which I personally appreciate the like mm -hmm. the level of, preparedness and uh and prep work that goes into something even as small as the short we did but um but yeah just in in meeting him and talking to him uh about that project we we just sort of just immediately had this kind of vibe going where we sort of understood each other without having to like overly explain what either of us meant and yeah, yeah you know it's sort of this intangible thing you just sort of you just sort of vibe with somebody once in a while and it's, it's, it's rare to find obviously. So, uh, yeah, not letting it go. Nice. And are you guys working on anything coming up or? Um, not explicitly. I mean, he and I have sort of been chatting about, uh, another feature that he is currently writing, which I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about. So, uh, I'm going to, be fairly closed-lipped on that one but sure, um, sure. but I mean certainly just uh, even beyond filmmaking I mean we're sort of uh, I guess you could say if this doesn't sound too tacky like spiritual brothers at this point sort of helping mm -hmm. each other uh, elevate um, in our own personal lives and our own personal sort of journeys as it were through this madness that is life and uh, and yeah he's just more than more than a partner just a really good really good friend and good guy to have on my team yeah well, that's really cool um you know one, one last question about speak your mind and i want to talk about sort of your career and how it got started and stuff but um the the theme the story of uh, of speak your mind why don't you talk a little bit about that because I'm, I'm curious about it's relevancy specific to today and, and the times that we find ourselves in. Yeah. So, I mean, it is, uh, at face sort of just a dark comedy about, a a goofy lanky actor who doesn't really know what he's doing with his life or how to progress in his life. And, um, goes about some less than ideal and less than productive means to, you know, actualize his, his goals and his dreams. But um, I guess we could sort of say we, we sneak in a little bit of a, a discussion on, um, I guess, 
the the social justice sort of culture that is uh, obviously present and necessary in today's society. I mean, mm. we made this film three years ago, but it's still a lot of the themes we touch on is um, still, if not more relevant today than it was when we shot it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really about, uh, I mean, it's going to sound like a cliche, but it's just about listening to one another, you know, like people. Yeah. Having some empathy, and, right? Yeah. Like people get very, uh, people get very caught up and myself included in, in trying to figure out what's wrong with the other person's opinion, as opposed to trying to maybe wrap their head around understanding it yeah. and coming from that perspective, which just in my experience anyway, um, just serves as a, a more utilitarian way of, of actually accomplishing the goals that people set out to accomplish. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to defeat a fire with throwing more fire on the fire. Yeah. You, know I mean? you gotta, you gotta come at a, a problem with a different sort of way of thinking than cause the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of how I look at, uh, 2020 i'm sure everyone you know march april may it's like okay enough of this let's get let's get back to normal hmm. um obviously you have the uh, uh the the race discussions that we're having you know not just in the u.s and canada but around the world it seems um, that's been really awesome to see yeah fact, yeah you know, it's nothing new obviously but of course, the fact yeah. that it has and cyrus and i have talked about this quite a bit as well it feels like it really feels like something is actually happening this time. I mean, there's, there's, movement, been, there's yeah. been, there's been riots. I mean, going back to, I mean, forever, you know, it's not a new thing, but it feels uh, with just the way information spreads and, and misinformation as well. Sure. Um, but the way information is able to spread, it feels like there's, yeah, a real opportunity to, to create some lasting impactful and positive changes yeah and, uh, it's been it's been tough extremely tough to watch but hopefully i mean hopefully we get some positive out of it yeah as, as much as i used to think let's just get this year over it's almost like no maybe this year is a year that we just all have to live through experience and come out better people mm -hmm. you know treat other people better than we have in the past you know mm -hmm. yeah it's i mean it'd be nice to be able to you know throw the blinders on and just sure. ride it out and sit at home and watch netflix and wait for it all to blow over but it's uh you know again you can't solve a problem by a ignoring it or b you know just and i hope i don't offend anybody here because it is important work to keep it in the discussion but you know tweeting angrily about things doesn't exactly solve it. You sort of have to go through, yeah, through the garbage <clears throat> and, and through the fire and through the shit, pardon my <clears throat> language, but you got to go, you got to go through it to, to come out the other side. And it's going to be for a lot of people, the, the toughest journey they'll ever have to go through, but mm -hmm. I mean, that's, necessary how, journey. that's how it's, yeah, that's kind of how it's done. Unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. I was doing some, uh, some research, uh, past couple of days and, and there's a almost a coming to Jesus discussion that you have with your mom um, mm. and I don't I, I don't know whether it's 
after high school or, or, or whether this was in college, but soon after this discussion, you decide to apply to the Vancouver Film School. Yeah. Um, you said, I want to be an actor. Um, but I'm curious sort of before that, um, you know, someone doesn't just watch a TV show or a movie, go, that's what I want to do and go to film school right away. Tell, tell me about, you know, growing up and sort of some of the experiences you had with, with acting. Um, yeah, I mean, I was in lots of plays and, you know, the little kitty productions um, okay. when I was when I was very small. And that was always one of my favorite activities with with my sister and with my aunt. We'd put on, you know, Little Red Riding Hood and oh, cool. I the whole operation. I'd cut out the, the wolf's teeth out of paper and staple the teeth to my not staple, but tape the teeth to my mouth <laughs> and, and dress up and give myself the ears. And I loved all that stuff. And, you know, playing pretend is just something that you, um, you know, you sort of naturally tend towards as a child. And uh, it certainly continued through, through grade school. And then I uh, unfortunately sort of joined that camp that, uh, that started to think it was less than cool to be the arts kid and ah. sort of the, um, to sort of fall more in with the trying to be cool jock crowd. Wow. And, um, you know, I don't regret anything that I did in sure. my life, obviously, because it led me to here and it's all, it's all a part of it. And I'm, I'm very thankful for, for everything that I have and everything that has been afforded to me. Um, I'm a very, very, very lucky individual, but, um, but yeah, it's sort of, it was always there and it always was in my heart there, but somewhere along the way, I lost sight of that, uh, that little fire inside of the, the child that, that needs to, you know, express, uh, oh. themselves in that way. And yeah, sort of hid from it for, for a while to again, play it safe and play it sure. cool and, and sort of skirt under the radar to, to not get any unwanted or, uh, unwelcome attention was, was it a tough decision to you know something that you sort of left uh you know because it wasn't the popular thing to do to then as you know as we're sort of going from teenagehood to adulthood having to decide what you want to do almost for the rest of your life you know what you want to study and stuff was that a a, a hard decision to make or was it was the conversation with your mom such that it was let me follow my heart let me just let me go back to what really makes me happy um it was yeah I won't say it was easy because uh I'd liken it to I mean for a lot of the end of high school I sort of created this false persona that kept me safe that was like sort of this you know shelled character that uh, that couldn't be hurt because he just didn't care about anything, man. Nothing matters, man. I was that guy, um, and and yeah, I like I owe my mom like like I've said before uh, a huge debt of gratitude for you know sitting with me long enough to like just make a little pinhole in that shell and let shine the you know the true version of myself that. Mm that wanted to do this and sort of needed to do this at least to try it. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, 
it's been it's been the journey of a lifetime. I mean, immediately upon landing in Vancouver and getting into school, that shell that I had created was immediately uh, witnessed and um, intricately and vigorously destroyed by all of my 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 fellow students and uh, and teachers who sort of saw right through it. And again, very very difficult journey to sort of mm. destroy the shell that you've created and and open yourself to, to that kind of vulnerability, but sure. wouldn't trade it, wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. What, what was, were there any other options besides that? Like, did you think, am I going to go to college and study business or, or, or I mean, that was, yeah, that was sort of the route um, that made the most sense, at least yeah. from like an outsider's perspective. Sure. I mean, anybody who knew me and knows me now, uh, school, was and never really will be my thing. I mean, I hate every moment of it from yeah. literally, literally from kindergarten having to write down, you know, write down your name and then you can go play like, nah, I just, I'm going to go pretend. I don't want to do any of the work that I have to do. Wow. And, uh, and that, yeah, that persisted for the entire time. So, so there wasn't really any inkling or, uh, or impulse to, to follow that route. But I mean, that said, you know, hi, mom, I want to be an actor isn't an easy thing for any kid sure. in any, in any, you know, arena to say, because that's just, you know, for most people, that's an unrealistic thing, you know, yeah. just the, the logistics of it. Um, but yeah, very, very thankful to have extremely supportive parents and, uh, and just support from my entire family and entire sort of crew in general. Um, who've always believed in me, always been in my corner. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it made it a little bit easier than it maybe could have been or would have been. What did your parents think? Did they think like, no, 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 we didn't want you to go to acting school. <laughs> what was, what, what did they think when you said, okay, I want to, I want to be an actor. Let's, let's uh, help me get to Vancouver. What was that? To be honest, they were yeah. just happy to have me out of the house, and not smoking, <laughs> not smoking bongs in the bedroom, pretending like I wasn't for for an entire year, just sort of wasting my time. Um, they were happy to, yeah, like you know, beat it, get out of here, go figure it out. I don't care. I don't care if you're a traveling vacuum salesman, just get out of here. So uh, yeah, they were they were ready to see me go, and um, and yeah, I mean. Not to say that they were, you know, sick of me, um, like me, Steve, but it was sort of, you know, it's tough for any parent to watch their kids sort of flounder for, mm. for literally an entire year, which is sort of what was going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so tell me about, tell me about Vancouver. What was, do you remember your, your first, your first performance at school? Oh, man. Um, I remember my character's name was Andrew. I forget what it was. Spike Heels. The play okay. was it was a scene from Spike Heels, and uh, I had to play this sort of, you know, buttoned-up nerdy character whose upstairs neighbor is, uh, you know, this very voluptuous and, uh, you know, I call it sexually awakened uh, woman who. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Yeah, sort of, as I remember anyway, I could all just be making this up. <laughs> Still smoking a lot of weed at the time, so it was very, uh, very cloudy. But, but yeah, it was sort of an experiment in getting me 
I mean, the teachers there were all brilliant. It was an experiment in getting me uh, past this, you know, facade of the cool guy who's like cool in any situation. And, you know, it's a, a truer version of who they saw as my true self, which was mm. a guy who's kind of nervous around girls. I mean, even to this day, it's like, I'm not that dude, you know, anytime I get called to, yeah, just like improv some flirting with this, with this girl in this scene. It's like, uh, <laughs> your hair looks cool, man. I'm not, I'm not that dude. So, uh, Hey, you're married. You must've done something. I, right. I lucked out more than any person has ever lucked out in the history. Again, first day of acting school, I walk in and, you know, cool guy thinks he's gonna, you know, run the table as it were. And, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get with a bunch of hot actor girls and sure. couldn't have been dumber and more ignorant. Yeah. But, uh, my my wife to be at the time, you know, saw straight past me and came over, and she was the one who initiated the uh, the conversation. And I mean, we were literally inseparable for the entirety of film school and to this day. So I don't know what I did or you know wh what kind of karma I collected in a past life, but I <laughs> I lucked out, man. I, I I still I count my lucky stars every day, and I'm still doing everything I can not to screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, sort of would it, would it be fair to say that you you got into acting late oh for right sure. so I'm, I'm curious whether there's a, a thing for you in terms of influences whether you look at a certain actor or a filmmaker um or an artist and sort of uh get get inspired by that or is, is everything sort of from inside and, and what the director sort of focuses you on I mean, I'm always, uh, I've always been a fan, um, despite not necessarily being conscious of it. I've always been a fan of, of film and of great stories and particularly uh, great performances and truthful mm -hmm. performances in those stories. So it's not like there's, you know, the top five, oh, these are my, these are my, these are my guys or gals that I look up to and trying to emulate sure. it. It's not exactly that, but I mean, it's just every so often, you know, there's the entertaining movies that you go and see and big blockbusters and that, and those are all fine and dandy and they play their part. But the once in a while you get sort of a really intimate and, uh, and just inspiring um, independent piece where just a character will absolutely completely um, pull you out of yourself and out of your reality and into theirs. And, uh, and that's, I think that's the goal of most actors you'll talk to is to, to try and replicate that. And I mean, most of us are trying to chase that high of, of completely losing themselves and completely enveloping, um, in their character. Uh, and it doesn't happen that often. So, uh, you know, be thankful when it does, but I mean, yeah, it's, I guess it's kind of a mix of both. Um, Yeah, hard to say. What was the question again? <laughs> is there, well, I'm curious now, um, is, is there a performance or a show or a movie that you look to and say, you know, whether it is with, um, is it All Right Alice Productions? Yes. Um, you know, whether it's with them wanting to make a movie or a project like that or tell a story similar to what you might have seen on a smaller or big screen. I'm curious if there's anything that you look at it and go, that's, that's what I want to do one day. Yeah, I, I suppose I'll sort of give you a, maybe a, 
contradicting answer, but it's it's not sure. necessarily that specific. Okay. But at the same time, you know, you're just trying to tell the truth and tell mm. something that mm. resonates with you and resonates with the audience. But at the same time, you know, watching what Joaquin did in Joker or watching what uh, what Sandler did in, in Uncut Gems or watching another Great. one from a few years back that completely blew me away was uh, Alicia Vikander and Fassbender in The Light Between Oceans. And just okay. and the, the films like that where it's it's so, or uh, Florence Pugh in, in Midsummer more recently, uh, like the, the performances like that that are just so guttural and visceral and not necessarily comfortable to watch, but true. And um, and and yeah, expressive of of what the reality we all face every day is. That's that's sort of the the greatest the greatest height that I'm mm. looking to achieve. Interesting, interesting. And hopefully, being entertaining and giving people a laugh along the way to make it more digestible than just you know existential dread the whole time. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. When I when I saw uncut gems like this i said this is not your typical sandler movie but this is so good i couldn't i like i couldn't believe it again cyrus was the one who put me onto it he's like don't watch trailers don't look at reviews go in as blind as you can which is still my uh, and his opinion the best way to to absorb i mean really any art form but uh, sure. particularly film and yeah, I mean, you know, I grew up on Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore and Waterboy yeah. and ho ho, Adam Sandler. Like yeah. watching him, you know, I've, I've seen it before in Punch Drunk Love and, and films like that. But to watch what he did, like, that's what you're trying to do. That's what you're trying to get at as uh, as an actor for for most of us anyway. For me personally, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That that film was was outstanding for sure. Um, Steve, do you remember your first paid gig? <clears throat> uh yeah it would have been the uh craig goodwill uh written and directed film patchtown back in shoot 2013 2012 i guess it was yeah right out, of, right out of film school just back to toronto and lucky enough to to meet craig and to um you know entertain him enough i guess to have him cast me <laughs> sort of a, a minor role but he was kind and and graceful enough to give me a speaking part uh, alongside my sort of sidekick in the film the wildly talented kenny hall um and and yeah i i owe him a lot for that because beyond um being you know a paycheck which that's always great it was sure you know a, a wet behind the ears green as can be you know fresh out of the gates rookie getting to work and exist on a very high level professional set and just sort of see what it takes and how that works and you know to rub elbows with the likes of julian richings and zoe palmer some canadian like legends if uh, if i say so myself was i mean completely invaluable and uh yeah, I'll never forget that experience and all the all the stuff we got to do. I mean, I got to go to Palm Springs, California and and premiere the movie there, which was like a total trip. Um, I've heard of this movie. What is it about? The name rings a bell. So it's a very, very interesting film. I highly recommend checking it out. Um, how do I explain it? Uh, the, the premise is there's this factory where... Uh, Cabbage Patch Kids are basically crafted right. and, and sold to, to children all around the world to play with. And eventually, 
you know, the child grows up and what do they do with their Cabbage Patch doll? They generally will throw it in the trash. And uh, these particular breed of Cabbage Patch dolls are uh, a special kind. They get collected by the company that manufactured them. They come back to the factory and uh, through some very interesting and sort of magical procedures get turned into real life humans who in turn go back to the factory line and create their, uh, create their replacements as it were. And uh, yeah, I, I could get, I could get. Very, I, I remember very, seeing uh, bits and pieces it. of that movie. It was dark and humorous at the same time. It's so delightfully weird. It's exactly yeah. my, my pace. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> dark. It's humorous. It's, it's heartfelt. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of sweetness to it as well. And yeah, another, another great message and definitely, definitely recommended. All right. Tell, tell me about this, this production company, uh, you and some friends founded. All right, Alice Productions. That's us. Yeah. Um, but first so, the name, you got to tell me the name. Where did that come from? Ooh, I don't know if this is a trade secret or not, but, uh, <laughs> So it'll sort of go hand in hand with the origin story. Our, uh, the eight of us are all actors, first of all, okay. and our, um, our acting coach that we all share, uh, the extremely talented and just absolutely lovely Suzanne Bastien at the Creative Space, uh, collected us all one day and, you know, I've got something to tell you guys. First of all, All Right Alice Productions, her catchphrase is All Right Alice's, and it just, it seemed fitting to, to name our company after her, because okay. she is the force that brought us together. But yeah, um, it was, you know, it was, guys, I have something very important to talk to you about. And we were all, you know, crapping our pants, like, oh no, she's moving away, she's retiring, we're gonna lose her, what's going on? Yeah. And the first words out of her mouth are, I'm really, really upset. And again, we're all shaking in our boots, she was mad at the fact that the eight of us, who she deemed extremely talented, and I would agree, uh, my, my colleagues in this company are all extremely talented actors. She's upset we're not working like we should be, and ah. like she thought we deserved to be. And um, it was basically a charge to us to create something, to shift that, uh, that reality in our favor and to to uh, yeah, avail ourselves to, to the casting directors of Toronto and beyond. And from that sort of um, inception, it was, it was, yeah, it was our mission to, to make ourselves known. And uh, how it's evolved since then has been nothing short of um, you know, life-changing. It's, it's sort of changed my idea on what it means to be not only an actor, but a filmmaker and a creative and what kind of agency I'm actually able to take in the progression of my life and my career. So yeah, it's been, been a, been a great journey so far. Interesting. And uh, tell me about this, uh, this movie you guys are, uh, it's a short, I believe. That's right. Uh, Link. So Link is uh, a short film, basically uh, five sort of snippets of, different uh, realities along uh, an ever-progressing timeline relating to artificial intelligence, technology, the mass evolution of technology, and it's more, uh, more particularly its relationship and effect, both negative and positive, on human connection. 
like true, genuine mm. human to human connection. Um, you know, it's great. I can talk to you through this machine from different parts of the city and yeah. have a conversation. But personally, it'd be a lot cooler and nicer if I could actually see you face to face and be in a room with you. And so sure, sure. film explores, yeah, the, yeah, technology's role in, in sort of bringing the world as a whole together, but at the same time, kind of wedging us further apart in other, in other mm. regard. Very pertinent to today, mm -hmm. I would say. I would, it's, it's interesting because um, I listen to podcasts a lot and there's two podcasts recently that, that I heard. So one was one New York times has a podcast called the daily. And um, in that podcast, one of the episodes, the, uh, the host is interviewing one of the co-founders of Twitter, mm. uh, Jack Dorsey. And just maybe a week or so ago, uh, a friend of mine on Twitter asked, hey, would you ever pay for Twitter? I said, no, I don't think I would. But at the same time, you know, more so than any, more so than Instagram or Facebook or whatnot, you know, Twitter is sort of my go-to place. Mm. And I thought to myself, what would have what would happen if if Twitter was gone? Right? There's no Twitter's gone, Facebook, Instagram, like you can't use any of those. No WhatsApp. And I thought to myself, how the heck would I meet people? Yeah. You know, um, how, how would I? And, I, and I'm thinking, I, I can't. What would I do? I have no clue. And, and it's very interesting because I thought about you know, human connection and, and how we, you know, these days, how we go about talking, communicating with, uh, with, with people. Uh, there's an episode, uh, I'm, I'm just starting to watch Blackish. Um, and there's an episode where the daughter is on the phone speaking to somebody and is saying, and you know, I don't talk to people on the phone. Yeah. It's sort of that thing where you know, kids don't talk, they text or whatever. Yeah, um, and I thought it was very interesting. What would people do if all this technology was removed and you actually had to um, go out and meet somebody? Forget about what's happening today, you know, in the world in terms of COVID, but, you know, how would you go about meeting people and, and making friends and stuff? It's, it's almost it's, impossible to, I mean, fathom at this point. And it's yeah. hilarious how quickly it went from, like, I remember when I was a kid, if I wanted to talk to my friend, I had to go to the wall and take the phone off of the wall, yeah. stand by the wall to talk to them. And, you know, later MSN came along and that was a whole revolutionary thing. But again, you know, BRB, G2G, yeah. like those aren't really terms anymore because the computer is with you at all times. You don't have to leave the computer to go to dinner. No. You can be in the middle of eating dinner and watching Netflix and carrying out a full-blown conversation on Instagram. Like it's all, it's all there all the time. And I mean, yeah, I try and time and again, uh, you know, put the phone in the bedroom, plug it in and leave it there for as long as I'm able to stand, which uh, <laughs> is always an interesting experiment because the entire time I'm like, what am I missing? I'm oh, something's going on. Something's going on. I'll come back and I'll have maybe three at the tops notification. Yeah. <laughs> No big I, deal. I, but the whole time I'm thinking like I'm missing the entire world is going by without me. 
yeah. when in reality, I mean, no, it's, it's, it's going to be there when you get back and it's probably good for you to just take a pause for a minute and, you know, yeah. go outside and look at the, look at the trees and, you know, smell some fresh air as fresh as it can get in Toronto anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's, it is weird to think about that. If it all went away, the world as we know it would stop. I mean, news, I mean, how people get their groceries even like if, if yeah. all the, if all of it went away. Yeah. It's, it's a trip to think about. Cause I mean, I don't know. I don't, I have no idea what would happen. <laughs> it, 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 it is crazy to think what would happen if we didn't have our, uh, our, de- our devices with us at, uh, at, at all times. Um, oh, I, I heard another podcast about artificial intelligence. I'm curious if you guys discussed this at all in the movie, but um, it was on uh, the, I think it was the big story or, or, or CBC's uh, podcast, Front Burner. But they talked about um, this one, I think it was some, some US city where a guy gets a call from the cops and says, you know, we're looking for you, you're under arrest sort of thing, you, know, you need to come in. And uh, the guy asked, well, you know, why are you, why do you want to arrest me? Why do you want me to come into the police station? He said, well, we can't really tell you over the phone. They said, well, I ain't coming in. Yeah. So anyways, they, he leaves work. And by the time he gets to work, a cop pulls in behind him. They arrest him. He goes, well, why are you guys arresting me? And, he, and they go, oh, you, you stole a bunch of watches a couple of years ago. And there's a warrant out for your arrest. And we caught you. And go, what the heck are you talking about? Anyways. Goes to the police station. It's in the evening, so he stays there the night. During the day, the cops show him a couple of photos. And they go, is this you? And he goes, it doesn't look like me. You know, happens to be black. And he, go, Do you? And he pulls the, pay, the, the picture, shows back to the cops. And go, are you saying that we all look alike? And, and the cops look at each other and they say this. They go, the computer got it wrong. Anyways, find out, reporter follows up on this and does his investigation and finds out that what had happened was the store had a camera, uh, got robbed. Nobody saw the robbery, but they had this photo. The the police department gives it to this AI company um, and goes through some algorithm that pops up a bunch of names and faces and says, these are likely, one of these people is likely the person that robbed your store. And it went to show what was interesting was a few months earlier, the same person came on the podcast and talked about how amazing artificial intelligence would be to help solve crime and so on and so forth. And then the follow-up story, which was this past week or maybe a couple of weeks ago was the limitations and how even artificial intelligence can't, is, is not perfect. Mm-hmm. the way that you know we might want our computers to be sort of thing so that was that was a very interesting episode very trippy story yeah i yeah. mean i i guess the the goal of it has sort of been to emulate to um as close uh, a possibility the the consciousness of a human and mm. i mean Who's to say if that's even a good thing? Because, I mean, look at how flawed each and every one of us are. Sure. And, you know, that's an interesting thing to me that, oh, this computer that's supposed to be perfect 
and uh, be able to identify somebody should be able to do it with its, you know, algorithm or whatever. But like, you think a human could pick somebody out of a line properly? Like, yeah, we're, we're just as bad at it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing to see where it would go. I mean, that's, if I had a genie pop out of a bottle and grant me a wish, the first one would be to speak every language so I could try and communicate with the world. But the second uh, yeah. one would be, you know, give me uh give me a glimpse as to what this is going to look like in like 100 200 300 years that's almost scary <laughs> where are we where are we going like are we melding with robots completely is that the way we have to do it like elon thinks and like i mean i have no idea i'm just you can't get too wrapped up in thinking about stuff like that because it'll yeah. absolutely it'll swamp you pretty quickly so but yeah that's a that's a Trippy story, man. Yeah. What do you, Steve? What are you looking forward to most once uh, this, uh, especially you know when when this pandemic is over? Well, I don't know if I mean I don't think the pandemic's going to be over for a while. I mean, you look mm -hmm. at how it's gone in the past and even how it's being handled presently. It's uh, like it's not like it's oh you know once summer's over and fall comes we're back to usual like it's going to be. Uh, It'll be a while. For my for my understanding, it's going to be a few years, and I think it's going to be, yeah, it's going to change the way everything operates from here on out. Um, but you know, things that I have missed from a from I'll call it a selfish and indulgent uh, perspective, you know, it'd be cool to go to a baseball game, but yeah. that's not happening this summer, obviously, probably no. not next summer either. But you know, you, you miss being able to, you know do stuff like that or even a movie yeah. theater and, and enjoy a movie with a crowd of people and, and just be around. I mean, we're a, say what you will. And, you know, me being an introvert, um, maybe a little bit hypocritical, but you know, we as a human species, we're, we're a tribal species. We need that. Yeah. We need that group setting. We need that sort of, uh, I don't know, intangible sort of, sort of connection that you don't even have to be facing or talking to people, but you go to a, you go to a Jays game on a, on a good Saturday when it's nice out and there's enough yep. people there to get a serious vibe going. It's like, there's something about that. That's just magical. Or even, you know, I was at a couple of uh, the Raptors playoffs games last year and like being with a group of people with that sort of, you know, like-minded, um, like-minded sort of, objective as it were it's it's just it's healthy for you man i remember driving yeah. around last summer and you know toronto traffic as bad as it gets people swearing at each other and a couple of times i was able to you know break up fights literally by reaching my head out the window and going guys we're we're in the finals don't worry about it and <laughs> literally the fact that the toronto raptors uh nba basketball team you know people yeah. say sports don't matter but I broke up a fight in downtown Toronto <laughs> by the Raptors are in the finals. So that sort of that camaraderie that that's something like that, or, or everybody going to see a, a movie together. It's, it's missed. It's missed dearly. Yeah. It's in this sort of separated, isolated time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I can't wait to uh, go see the Jays go to uh, some concerts. Concerts uh, are another one for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Go see some movies and stuff like that. Um, Go and travel. Anyways, enough enough of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Steve, listen, congrats on, on Speak Your Mind on, on the upcoming uh, movie Link. Um, I really appreciate this time. Before we leave, please tell us if people want to find out more about what you're up to, what your productions company, production company is up to, um, where, where can they go to find out more info? Allrightalice.com uh, for the, uh, the website, All Right Alice Productions on Instagram, uh, on Facebook, uh, Speak Your Mind Movie on Instagram, on Facebook. That's, that's where you can find us. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, we're really looking forward to, to having people see, to see Link and for more people to be able to see Speak Your Mind because, you know, it, it's my personal opinion and I'm part of the creative team. So obviously I'm a little bit biased, but I think it's, uh, there's something there for, for people to enjoy and for people to digest and for people to um, unplug from this, uh, this somewhat vicious and uncomfortable reality for, for a little bit. Um, it's important to stay engaged and stay proactive and, and participate in, in positive change, but you need a break once in a while. And I hope, uh, I hope that's what, that's what our films and our projects can, can afford people is just a little bit of a reprieve from, from the nonsense for a minute. For sure. Awesome. Steve, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me, man.